All right. Well, uh, guys, we are in a series on heaven, and if you've been part of our church for uh, any length of time, you know that uh, that it, today it's just a party. And so, uh, um, our our main thing today, like I said, is heaven. It's a place where all troubles cease. And so, uh, hang on a second. Turn that off. Uh, heaven's a place where all troubles cease. A uh, preacher was talking to a bunch of kids during the children's sermon. <clears throat> and uh, he goes, kids, can you get to heaven by doing a lot of good stuff? And the kids go, no! And the preacher gets warmed up. He goes, can you get to heaven by being nice to people? And they go, no! And he said, can you get to heaven by memorizing the Bible? They go, No! And the preacher says, how do you get to heaven? The kid goes, you got to be dead. <laughs> yeah, 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 from the mouths of babes. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, seeing as how we're not dead yet, at least yet, uh, we're, going to, uh, uh, we're going to look about what it means to yearn for heaven, for a place where all troubles cease. Author Philip Yancey says this, to people who are trapped in pain, in economic chaos, in hatred and fear, to these heaven offers a promise of a time far longer and more substantial than this time on earth, of, of health, of wholeness and pleasure and peace. If we do not believe that, then as the Apostle Paul noted, there's not much reason for being a Christian in the first place. So guys, I found four things I want to share with you this morning. Like I said, this is just a party today. Four things I want you to know about heaven. Number one, in heaven there will be no death. No death at all. 2 Corinthians 5.1, Paul writes this, For we know that is if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, earthly tent, that does not mean a tent you camp at, earthly tent that you live, live in is destroyed. We have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven not built by human hands. Now I'm going to speak a little bit of truth to you right now. I don't know, you know if you know this or not, but everyone in here is dying. Yeah, you're dying. You, and the kids are like, I'm, I'm dying. Yes, you are. You're one day closer to the day of your death than you were yesterday. You're one week closer to the day of your death than you were last week. You're one month closer to the day of your death than you were last month, and so on and so forth. Every one of us, the, the day we were born, we start to die. We get one day closer. Death rate's 100% if you live long enough, okay? Um, and so that shouldn't surprise or even bother anyone. Everyone knows that. There's not a one person in here that thinks that they will live in this form forever. Not one of you. So it shouldn't bother anybody. It shouldn't surprise anybody, okay? But in heaven, there will be no death. Heaven is an, is an eternity, uh, we as humans cannot fathom eternity. I tried to figure out maybe some type of example to communicate eternity to you, okay? Um, I, I remember getting my first pocket knife. I was a Cub Scout, and, and I thought my first pocket knife was so cool. It, it, it was a, a stainless steel blade, a little bitty, bitty pocket knife like that. And we were in a chapter on whittling in Cub Scouts, so I got a piece of wood, you know, start whittling and everything like this. Well, I remember, um, I remember we went camping. 
me and my dad, my brother, and another family and everything, we went, and it was our job to get some firewood. And I had my knife. And so we, what, the, what the dads meant was get some brush, you know, some dead limbs. But we didn't know that. And I went up to a tree, and I was like, <laughs> like this. And I finally, I found out very quickly that a pocket knife will not cut down a tree. Uh, I found that out the hard way. It took me a little while, but I realized how long that would take. So to imagine eternity, I want you to imagine me at nine years old with my little pocket knife, and I go out to California to the gigantic redwoods. You guys seen the, 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 the ones where you can drive a car through the, you know, they, they hollow out one of the trees, you can drive a car through these redwoods. Have you seen that? Okay, so imagine me at nine years old with my little pocket knife, and I make one cut, and then a million years later, I come back and make another cut, and a million years later, I come back and make another cut. By the time I felled that redwood, eternity would have just begun. Does that help? That's what eternity is. Imagine trying to drain the Pacific Ocean using only a spoon. By the time you do that, eternity would not have even started yet. That's eternity. That's what the Bible says. We, there will be no death. You will live for an eternity. We can't fathom that. The Word of God says that eternity with God. No death, no aging, no sore knees, no hurting backs. Can I get an amen? Yes, amen, yes. Okay? Uh, man, you, you people in your 20s, you have no idea what's coming for you, okay? But it's great because God says we get glorified bodies. No more of that. No ringing in the ears for you musicians out there or you kids that play your earbuds too loud. No ringing in the ears. No pounds around the middle. Nothing but an eternity of the presence of Jesus. Praise God. And like I said, eternity. Eternity. The second thing, so first thing, there'll be no more death in heaven. Second thing is this. In heaven, we'll receive our inheritance. Now, First Peter 1, 3-4, the Apostle Peter writes this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. So your inheritance is waiting for you in heaven. It's being kept there, a personalized inheritance for you. Now, an inheritance is something that you don't earn. Someone else has earned it for you. You receive an inheritance because of your position in the family. That's the only reason you get an inheritance, okay? I, if if some, some guy out in, in the middle of Illinois dies, I'm not in his family. I don't get inheritance because I'm not in his family. So the only way you get an inheritance is if you are part of a family. You don't work for it. You don't deserve it. It's yours simply because you are part of the family. Don't ever forget that. There are those of us who expect an inheritance but have no desire to be part of the family of God. There are those of us who are kind of like the family in the movie Gran Torino, Clint Eastwood. If you've never seen that movie, I highly recommend it. It's phenomenal. Clint Eastwood's an old guy, and he's got kids. He's got grandkids. 
and his kids don't like him and his grandkids can't stand him. The family's broken, it's dysfunctional, they don't like each other. But Clint Eastwood has this beautiful Gran Torino, Ford Gran Torino, that he made on the assembly line when he was a worker at the Ford plant. And it's in his garage. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Any muscle car fanatics, yeah, yeah, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. Okay? And in a scene, one of his granddaughter, who cannot stand him, is in the garage, and she's eyeing this Gran Torino. And she's, she's it's a, this is awesome. I can't wait for granddad to die, and I can inherit this. And Clint Eastwood catches her out there and, and is like, get out. Get out of my garage. And she loves what her granddad has. But she doesn't love her granddad. And Clint Eastwood sees right through that. At the end of the movie, when his will is being read, he's died and, uh, and his uh, 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 family is there in the lawyer's office and, and they're reading the will, and they're all, they all have smiles because they can't wait to see what they're going to get. And the lawyer reads the will, and he le- leaves uh, you know, stuff for the church and stuff for this person, and none of the family gets anything. He winds up giving the Gran Torino to the kid next door who actually, he actually likes and, and it actually likes him. And the last scene is the kid next door driving down uh, the highway with his little smirk on his face. Because he got the inheritance. Because he loved the person that owned it. And I'm afraid that there are people in here, as wonderful as you are, who want what God can give you. But you don't want God. You, you, you want heaven... You, you, you want the inheritance, but you don't want the one giving the inheritance. And I pray that there are no people in here today who love what God can give, but don't love God himself. I, I pray that there are no people in here who love the thought of heaven, but not the one who dwells there. I, I, I pray there are no people in here or online that who, who, who want God's blessing but don't want God himself. See, guys, you only get an inheritance if you are part of the family. And if you're not part of the family of God, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to implore you, I'm going to, to, um, to, to whatever I can to ask you to become part of the family of God today. You can. It is very, very easy. You confess your sins. You, you say, God, I've, I'm done. I, I, I've tried doing things my own way. I'm a screw-up. I need your grace. I need your mercy. God, I want to be part of your family, but I can't reach you. You're going to have to reach me, so I confess all my sins, and I need your grace, God. I need you in my life. I need you to forgive my sins, and I need you to give me the Holy Spirit so I can live for you. That is how you become part of the family of God. There's a baptistry right there. We will baptize you. Like We're, we're going to be baptizing two people at the end of this message. Okay, we will do that for you. But if you are not part of the family of God, you do not have an inheritance. And I don't want that for any of you. Your inheritance is kept in heaven for you, the Bible says. I don't want you to be like the family in Gran Torino who loves the inheritance but doesn't love the one giving it. Please don't be like that. A wealthy art collector died and his collection was being auctioned off. This, this art collection was worth hundreds of millions of dollars. 
And all the top art collectors, the who's who from all the art collectors were there in the audience. There were Da Vinci's and there were Rembrandt's and Van Gogh's and, and Salvador Dali's and all of the, the great art, the classic art was in this guy's collection. And the, uh, the auctioneer stood up and announced, as per the instructions in the will, we will start the auction. We'll start, and we'll start with this one here. And he unveiled an easel. And on the easel was a childish watercolor drawing of the art collector's son. The art collector's son had done it. He'd done a self-portrait, maybe, in the second grade or something. And there's a shock of, of just kind of laughter. And, and I, I mean, here was a Van Gogh and a Rembrandt and everything, and here's this. And nobody bid on it. And the, the art collector said, we're, we're opening the bidding at $10. And nobody bid on it. They, they were sending stuff behind. And, and there were cries of, hey, let's get to the real stuff. Get rid of that. You know, let's get to the real stuff, the real art. And the auctioneer stood firm. He said, as per the instructions in the will, we will do this one first. Finally, some guy came out of the audience and said, okay, hey, ten, here's my 10 bucks. Let's get this out of the way so we can get to the real art. And the guy said, okay. Took his $10, boom, gaveled it. And then he announced that the auction was over. And there were shocks of dismay through the entire crowd. And, uh, and the, 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 the people said, what, what do you mean? There's all this art up there. He goes, as per instructions in the will, whoever buys this picture of my son gets the entire collection. Whoever does not want my son cannot have my art. You got the son, you got the whole thing. And in the same way, if you want what heaven offers, but you don't want Jesus, you get nothing. He who gets the Son gets it all. We receive an inheritance. And so it is with us. In heaven, we receive our inheritance. It's waiting for you. Just make sure you're part of the family. People, make sure you're part of the family. When we are praying over in the children's building, all the elders, we get together every Sunday morning. And every Sunday morning, I pray, Lord, not, let not one of the people in this church be lost. Let not one be lost. Let every person be saved. And that's my, been my prayer for you. And third, third thing is this. In heaven, there'll be more, no more suffering. So no more death. There'll be, we'll have our, get our inheritance. Third, there'll be no more suffering. Revelation 7, 15 through 17 is a vision of heaven. Listen to this beautiful piece of scripture. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Praise God. No more suffering. All of us have loved ones we've lost. Everyone has experienced the loss of someone that they loved, that, that was close to them. Many of them have medical issues, heart problems, lung problems, Alzheimer's, dementia, those things. Maybe birth defects, cystic fibrosis, Down syndrome, you name it. In heaven, you don't have those anymore. Those things are gone. Those things do not exist. 
The Bible tells us that when you are in heaven, you receive what is called a glorified body. That does not mean that you're a supermodel. It means there's no pain, no suffering, no birth defects, no cancer, no diabetes, no heart attacks, nothing. Okay? They're not these fallible, aching, imperfect ones we have now. And it says this, that God himself will wipe away every tear. I missed that the first thousand times I read that. I want you to center down on that for a second, okay? God will wipe every tear. That means that the king of the universe, the God of God, king of kings, lord of lords, the ultimate creator, the awesome God who holds his entire life in the palm of his hand, gets down on eye level with you and personally wipes away every tear. That's really something. It's not some impersonal, hey, we're just having a good time. No. That means that even in heaven, God sees you and he knows what you're doing. He knows what's going on with you. He sees the struggle. He sees where you've come from and he wipes away every tear because he loves you that much. You know whose tears I wipe away? I don't go up to grown men wipe the tears away. I don't go up to guys on the street. You know who I do that with? My children. The ones that are in my family. The ones who call me father. Those are the ones I wipe tears away in the same way. The creator of the universe, the all-powerful God, leans down and wipes every tear from your eyes. He'll still look at you and say, you don't need those anymore. There's no more suffering here. No more hunger, no more disease, no more war, no more toxicity. You are home. No more suffering. And the fourth thing is this. In heaven, all things will be made new. In heaven, all things will be made new. Revelation 21, 1 through 5 says this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there's no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There's that Satan again. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. Everything will be made new. Um, I was talking to my men's discipleship group on Friday. We're a bunch of, bunch of guys would meet together and we're just talking through marriage and relationships and, and, and that child raising, all that kind of stuff. And we did the chapter in my book, chapter 10, where I told the story of losing my son who had a heart defect, and he died after 10 days. And I was, I was sharing that on Tuesday, my, uh, Sam, my son, Rowan, our youth pastor, Rodney Salim, myself, are heading to India. And I was telling them how I had preached the story of my son about what God did and, 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 and the testimony on so many, like three different continents and, and, and multiple different countries and, and how many people have come to Christ, have, have been baptized, have accepted Christ, Hindus, non, non-believers, atheists, after hearing that testimony, there were literally thousands of people who have become Christ followers because of his story. 
and I was sharing with them, guys, you don't know what, what right now Jacob, my son, is up in heaven. He doesn't have a missing left ventricle. He doesn't have an atrophied aortic arch. He's not hooked up to a machine. He's not in the NICU. He has a glorified body. And there are people who heard his story that have become followers of Christ who have died. And upon entering heaven, Jacob is there saying, hey, you know that story? Your story my dad told that you heard? Yeah, it's me. I'm Jacob. I'm the one. And you're welcome because this place is great. <laughs> this place is awesome. This is Jesus. This is God, you know. But that was my story. And I'm getting to see you guys coming into heaven. And look, I'm a testimony. I'm a testimony. I have a glorified body. I'm not an infant hooked up to a, to a bunch of machines in a NICU with a three-chamber heart. I have a new heart. I have a glorified body. And this is the faithfulness of God. Y'all, come on in. How amazing is that? That song, Homecoming, that we sang, first moments in heaven, loved ones. Maybe the last time you saw them, they were eaten up with cancer. Maybe they didn't even recognize you because of Alzheimer's or dementia. Maybe, maybe they were in a car wreck and, and you had the unfortunate responsibility of seeing the remains. And when you see them in heaven, all that is gone. They are perfectly whole, perfectly healed, as are you. You all, God makes everything new. In heaven, he makes everything new. And I praise God for that. I praise God for that. Um, when we head to India on Tuesday, we're not going there because people need water. I mean, people do need water. That's not why we're going there. We're, we're not going over there because orphans need food. Orphans do need food, but that's not why we're going over there. That we, we, will, we will do that, we will, we will do that, and, and we'll love that, and we'll show the love of God in those tangible ways. But yeah, but that's not why we're going there. We're going there for one reason. It's because people need Jesus. We're going there to preach the gospel to people who don't know this amazing truth about heaven. That they don't know about what is waiting for them. They don't know about their inheritance because they've never heard the name of Jesus before. And, and they're worshiping rocks, they're worshiping trees, they're worshiping things that, have, that will not bless them, that will not give them an inheritance, will not forgive them of their sins. That's what they're doing. That's why we're going there. That's why we do mission work. That's why we send Esposito and Laura Baxter to Honduras. That's why we support church plan in Jamaica. That's why we go to Nepal. That's why we go to India and all the other places in the world that we go is because people need Jesus. And if they don't have Jesus, they are not spending an eternity with him. The Bible says they're going to hell. And if we truly love people enough, if we truly understand the beauty of heaven, we will spend our lives making that known to anyone and everyone that will listen. We will be going to the place where we went last year. Me and Adam Tipton and Rodney Salee went there last year and we went to the tribal areas that had no water. And we're gonna get to go see the places that have water now 
those of you all that were not here, a lot of you have joined our church uh, this year, and, and, and I want to tell you something about the church you just joined. Um, last year, um, the last Sunday of the year was Christmas Day, and we had just a big party in here. And because of the generosity, because of the giving that you all had done all year long, we had already met budget for the year. We had one more Sunday. And so leadership got together and we said, well, I tell you what, why don't we just, it was a move of the Holy Spirit. So why don't we just give that offering, the entire offering, one fifty-second of our income to build the wells. These people need it. And we did that. And we sent it over there. And they planted, they built two wells in the tribes that we had, that we had uh, uh, visited. So we're going to get to go see those. But you know what I'm fired up about? I'm not fired up about the water. I mean, the water's cool. That's, that, that's great. Cool. Water, I, I, I love water. Some of my best friends drink water, okay? Uh, it's, it's, it, but you know what I'm fired up about? I want to see the churches that are planted right next to those wells. I want to see the people who have become followers of Christ in those villages because of the church plants that we planted next to the wells. I want to see people whose eternal address had changed from hell to heaven because they heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and who I will be spending an eternity in heaven with. That's what I want to see because there was not one Christian that never even heard the name Jesus Christ. When Rodney and I preached, that was the first time they'd ever even heard the name Jesus, ever. And we handed out Bibles and they received it with such joy it's amazing. I can't wait to see Christian brothers and sisters who have become believers in Jesus because of what you all did last Christmas. And I wish I could take every one of you. We could all walk in there and you guys could just see not just a well, not just water, but God making everything new over there. So my question today for you is what in your life needs to be made new? Maybe, you've had, maybe you have health issues, and a lot of us do. Maybe you have marital issues, and a lot of us do. Maybe you're having childhood issues. Maybe, man, you got some brokenness in the family. Um, maybe you have a situation at work where you have where the, where the relationship of someone at work or whatever has just gone down and spiraled down, spiraled down, and you're like, there's no way I'm ever talking to that person again. There's no way we could ever be friends and no way we can, whatever it is needs to be made new, guess what? That's what God will do. I'm making all things new. And my challenge for you guys as a church is let's live today as we will live in heaven. Remember the Lord's Prayer. I want you to say it with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Stop right there. We pray that God's will will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And in heaven, are you guys, uh, you got, are you all going to be at each other's throats, arguing, bickering? No, no you're not. So let's live that way now. Are you going to hold grudges and complain and whine and, and, and everything up in heaven? No. So let's, let's stop living that way now. Um, are we going to uh, have all this brokenness in our family and, and, and all this unforgiveness and all this sin and all this sneaking around? No. There won't be that in heaven. So let's stop living like it now. You all catching my drift? 
Let's pray that God's will is done here on earth as it is in heaven, and let's start with ourselves, you all. Let's start with ourselves. How are you gonna live in heaven? Well, let's start living that way now, okay? And the things that we can't fix, our health, our situation in life, uh, whatever, then let's just be patient because God will make it new in heaven, okay? What I'm, what my, my main concern today is, like I said, I'm afraid that there are people in here today who will miss the boat because you're not in the family of God. So I, wanna, I want you guys to ask yourselves, are you in the family? Are you part of the family of God? Have you confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Have you been baptized? Have you received the gift of the Holy Spirit? Have you allowed God to take away the ugliness and the sin and the rebellion out of your heart? What is it getting you? What is all your sin and rebellion and what has that gotten you in life? Why hold on to it anymore? Drain it out and allow God to change you. Allow God to make you into the person he designed you to be and start living here on earth as we will live in heaven. Start making decisions in your life according to how things will be in heaven because in heaven there will be no suffering. On a personal note, I want to see Jesus so badly, to look into his face, to see the one that saved me from myself, saved me from my sins, saved me from hell, to look into his face and see that and just say, thank you. But I would also be telling only a part of the story if I wasn't looking forward to seeing my son. Last time I saw him, Last time I held him, he was on a bypass machine. He was on life support. And we turned the machine off, and he slipped into eternity. Last time I saw him, y'all, a big gaping hole in his chest from where surgery was unsuccessful. That's not what I'm going to see when I walk into heaven. I'm going to see my son, Jacob Benjamin Kibler, a glorified body, no wires, no tubes, no horns, chest, no ECMO machine, no NICU, no ports and needles and wires and tubes and none of that. Y'all, I can't wait. I'm going to find him. I'm going to hug him. I'm going to tell him how proud I am of him. And, as I, and I'll say, you know, we've been separated for just a blip. We got an eternity to spend together. So my, my prayer for you all is not only are you in the family, but who are you looking forward to seeing? I want you to yearn for that. I want you to dream for that because that is what is waiting for us in heaven. And like I said, if you started cutting down a sequoia with a pocket knife, making one cut in a, 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 one cut every million years, you would not even begin to fathom eternity. Guys, we have an amazing deal. Don't lose it here on earth, okay? Don't lose it here on earth.